alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. To the 52nd annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? You know, doing uh, doing all right, Cody. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's it is currently March 19th, 2020, and shit's getting crazy here in America with the uh, coronavirus. So when this comes out a week and a day from now. It'll be interesting what the world looks like. I, I'd say, like, even over the weekend, things have escalated fast. I was going to say, even the world's going to look different tomorrow. Yeah. So. Uh, we should let everybody know that you and I are still currently going to our blue-collar jobs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting if uh, our states decide to forcibly do something or if the federal government does i know minnesota you know bars restaurants clubs all that is uh mandatorily shut down right now you can you can go to restaurants but you have to get takeout yeah um phoenix and actually tempe today just got added to that so we're kind of expecting the the rest of the burbs out here to get uh the same kind of treatment, so. Yeah. Well, it's like I was telling you before we started recording, like, I even going to the grocery store, I just felt, like, weird around a lot of people and just, like, touching stuff so I can understand not currently wanting to sit down at a restaurant and eat, you know, if oh, it was yeah. packed or something, or, like, going to a bar where it's packed or something like that, and I just, it's like a very weird feeling right now. Yeah, I go to the grocery store just to pick up uh I pick went to go pick up some rations, just some shit that's not going to spoil in a week. And I would see an aisle where like two or three people were like down in the aisle and I would go to the next aisle just to avoid other people. So, it definitely changes your mindset a little bit. Yeah. Did you I I still cannot understand this toilet paper craze. It's just I don't understand it. Like is that people's biggest fear is like not having toilet paper? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because at first it was a joke. Like, oh, people think they're going to shit themselves to death or something. But then it it's just like people are hoarding. Like you would see pictures of people with shopping carts full of like 38 packs or 36 packs or whatever, like the big cubes. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why do you need that much? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, quick, quick thing before our hot sheets here. Um, so I, the last weekend I was visiting my, my parents and they told me one of the kids, he was a young kid. I don't remember what grade he was in, but he was selling squirts of hand sanitizer for a dollar each and nice. he ended up getting expelled from school. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause he was extorting his classmates for squirts of hand sanitizer. Well, you know, everyone's going to get that $1,000 check here pretty soon from Trump. So I guess capitalism is dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, that will definitely, uh, 
I don't know if it's enough, but it'll definitely help those who aren't currently working or whatever, and their companies aren't giving them relief pay or whatnot. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, like we said, by the time this comes out, that shit might have been fucking canceled, so who knows? (laughs) That's true. All right, let's move on to uh, our hot sheets for this week. We're going to do another ring of Madam Bennett's uh, World of the Unusual now, this issue is taken from February 17th, 1981. Um, it's funny, right next to her article, that it says, Indian dance brings snow to a troubled ski resort. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but quit dancing because we don't want any snow ever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's do uh, uh, Bigfoot Raids Man's Deep Freeze. Okay, this is a good one here. A brazen Bigfoot looted a farmer's deep freeze, then escaped in a hail of gunfire. The trackers later found 14-inch-long footprints in a nearby woods. Farmer J.L. Tummy of Fairview, Kentucky, says he's pretty sure he missed he, his shots missed the beast. He says he was watching TV when he heard a racket on the back porch of his trailer home. He grabbed a pistol and raced outside to see the beast fleeing. The deep freeze had been open and ransacked. Uh, Tummy says he emptied his pistol at the beast. Neighbors rushed to the scene and the following morning discovered the mysterious tracks. I feel like that is now the second time that we have uh, told uh, Madam Bennett's Bigfoot story and it was in Kentucky. So what's going on over there? Well, it must be one very large meth head who just, uh, after a few-day bender, just kind of gets hungry and, you know, raids people's fridges. 14-inch <laughs> foot, though, that, uh, you must be like an athlete or something. Yeah, pretty big dude. Maybe, uh, maybe he was a University of Kentucky dropout. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that was- meme? Have you seen that meme going around where it's like, uh, social din- distancing, uh, expert and it's just a picture of Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. World champion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I got to say, for this whole, I was reading all the memes and fucking uh, shit on Instagram about social distancing, and I've been thinking, like, damn, I've been doing this shit for, like, two years. I'm going to be a pro. Fucking introverts are going to rule this world. (laughs) Yeah, if you need some uh, tips on social distancing, uh, just hit up uh, Phil or I. We'll... We'll give you all the inside tips on how to do it like an expert. Oh, yeah. And if you're interested in Shudder, they have a promo code that is uh, Shudden right now. I've been uh, hitting that up pretty good for the past 24 hours. So, Ooh, did, did you watch Escape from L.A. last night? Yeah. Oh, no. Escape from New York. Oh, Escape from New York. When you told me that, I was trying to think in my head. I'm like, what movie should he watch on there? And I couldn't even remember. I've watched so goddamn many on there. There's so many good ones. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I've been watching just kind of old classics, and I'm going to start watching some of the weird shit that you've been talking about, so uh, after the podcast, just give me a list of, you know, <laughs> new things, not not the weird things you like, maybe the weird things I might like. <laughs> you should watch Mandy, uh, see if you like that, the Nicolas okay, Cage yeah. one. Uh, okay, so let's do, Woman Killer says, he's sane now. A weirdo who chopped up his girlfriend and mailed her toes to the world leaders claims he's sane now. Uh, Miguel Valdez, 41, was sent to the mental hospital in 1977 after admitting the brutal killing. The court ruled he was too crazy to stand trial for murder. 
Incredibly, Miguel mailed the woman's toes to the then-president Gerald Ford and Soviet President uh, Alexei Kazigin? Does that sound right? Uh, Do you know his name? No, I don't know his name offhand. The the Soviet president at the time. Uh, But now Miguel says he's sane and once out of the hospital. Doctors at the Maywood, uh, Illinois Mental Hospital agree with him, and his release depends on a court's judgment. Wow, that is a weird fucking story. I've never even heard of that before. He mailed his murdered girlfriend's toes to presidents? Yeah, you guys might have to, uh, like, do a little research on that Look dude, make it an episode. Guy? Yeah. I don't That's know. That's pretty insane. He, uh, it kind of makes you wonder, like, presidents, how much weird shit do they actually get mailed to them? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, it definitely all gets intercepted. Well, but... Yeah, that's what I mean. But, like, the people who have to look through it and, like, see what is in there has to be insane. Yeah, that would actually be an interesting TV show if they just kind of... <laughs> That's a day in the a day in the life of one of those dudes who's just like <laughs> opening shit up, like hoping it's not Saren that day. <laughs> okay, death threat, death threat. <laughs> uh, we got a pair of used panties. Death threat, death threat. All right. I bet I bet Trump gets a lot of pocket change and shit from all of his followers. Uh, probably, probably. This is all I got, but I'm giving it to you. <laughs> Seventy three cents. It shreds in my hair to add to your wig, Mr. President. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, let's move on to the meat and potatoes here. Um, have you ever heard of the Gandaya McKay alien abduction? Uh, possibly, but the name doesn't ring a bell. Now, this is one I had never heard about before uh, looking into it. Now, the reason... This one in particular is really interesting to me is because, first off, it involves three people um, who are all involved in kind of the abduction, which seems to be a really, really, really rare occurrence with alien abductions. And once we get to the end, like, what happens to the abductee is really, really strange to me. But uh, let's let's get it started here. The following event began late on the evening of Thursday, October 4th, 2001, at the Gandaya property near uh, Tiro, culminating in the early hours of Friday, October 5th, 2001. Now, this is in Australia, okay? So keep that in mind. Okay. I don't know. I, I guess I don't really even know how many, how much alien stuff Australians have. You know what I mean? I, I, I've heard of the... I can't think of the guy's name. The one who says there's like two sexy ghosts, or I'm sorry, alien girls who like tried to have sex with him and he bit their nipple off. I can't remember oh, that yeah. guy's name. I remember that guy. I wish I could I know remember. Who I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he he's quite a character. Yeah. Uh, the the three people involved uh, were named Keith Rylance, age 39, his wife Amy, who is age 22, and their business partner uh, Petra Heller who is age 35. Now, they were staying on a property that was in development uh, called Whispering Winds Winery. It's quite a goddamn uh, mouthful right there. Now, as far as I can tell, they kept calling it a caravan that they were staying on. I think that's just like a camper in Australian. 
The British name for an RV, I think, is a caravan. It's a caravan? Okay. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure they... I don't know why they're staying on uh, in an RV on this property, but it's what they're doing. Well, if they're developing it, then maybe, you know, they're just staying in the RV and trying to build the place. That could be it. Yeah, that that could be. It didn't really say, like, what <laughs> or, their jobs or they were. Could or they could just be dirty hippies <laughs> claiming that they're going to start a winery. <laughs> that could be they're like, we planted one grape tree, man. We're ready to go. <laughs> Sir, you don't own this property <laughs> or that RV, <laughs> but this is a winery. <laughs> that was a great Australian accent, by the way. <laughs> what if he did that? I'm a sovereign citizen and nobody owns me and the world is mine to do what I want. I didn't know I turned Southern, every, but. Every every Australian gets a parcel of land, and this parcel is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, prior to the events, uh, at approximately 9.30 p.m., Keith was sleeping in his bed within the caravan. Petra was in her bed, which was located within the annex of the caravan, which I believe is basically the living room, kind of, if you want to call it that. Seems like that's where her bed was, and Amy was in nearby, uh, in the quote lounge area of the caravan watching TV. Okay, so that's where the the three of them are at uh, this exact moment, but they are in close enough proximity to each other to hear any sort of noises and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yep, I gotcha. Okay, now around eleven fifteen p.m. Petra was uh, reportedly woken up, and when she entered the adjacent lounge, was confronted by an extraordinary sight that allegedly quickly overwhelmed her. A rectangular beam of light was being projected through the open window of the caravan lounge area. This light beam appeared to be truncated at the end. Inside the beam, Petra claims to have seen Amy in a sleep prone position being carried out head first through the window underneath her also within the beams were the items that had been on the coffee table adjacent to the couch that Amy had been on so apparently the goddamn tractor beam of the alien craft or whatever they just suck everything up I guess yeah they're thieving little aliens it sounds like <laughs> they must have had a Freaking- they must have had a nice little uh, uh, Barnes & Noble book on the coffee table that the aliens wanted. You have a really funny koozie, and we want that, too. <laughs> oh, and grab the broad, too. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it, this kind of uh, reinforces my thought that they could just be dirty hippies, because it sounds like she might be a tiny bit stoned Oh, you think situation. so? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I know you've smoked pop before. How many times have you hallucinated when you're on weed? Or are you saying they're on something stronger? Oh, much stronger. It's uh, I'm thinking that they're in the uh, mushrooms grow out in uh, <laughs> cow patties. Australia has a lot of cow patties, so I've never done any of the that stuff. But yeah, I'm well, thinking maybe. Well, there I would assume they grow on like uh, kangaroo patties or something. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Petra claimed that she had fainted for a brief period of time, obviously being terrified by what she was looking at, 
But when she regained her consciousness, uh, she was in such a panic, she began screaming. This, in turn, awoke Keith, who then ran into the area where uh, Petra was and quickly noticed that not only was Petra in a complete state of shock, but also that all the items that were on the coffee table were now laying right in front of that window that Petra said pulled Amy, or the light pulled Amy out of. So it's like it pulled her, got the coffee table stuff, but somehow managed to pull only Amy away and leave the coffee table stuff. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like a thresher. It just uh, pulled out what it wanted and all the other crap just, just left spilled it away. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> They're like, uh, maybe we don't need this angry cat uh, <laughs> cat meme uh, uh, coffee table book anymore. You know what? That uh, Garfield stick-on fucking yeah. window puppet. Just leave it. Just leave it. It's fine. <laughs> I love Marmaduke, but then I learned this was Peanuts, and I said, L- listen, Quacky, we don't need that. Just get the girl. We're getting out of here. <laughs> Send it back. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck Peanuts. I only want Marmaduke. <laughs> All right. So upon a closer look, Keith noticed that the screen leading outside had a vertical slit in it, and also was cut along the bottom. Now, at this point, Keith wasn't exactly sure what was going on, but he didn't see his wife, so he figured, I should probably see where the fuck Amy was, because I can only imagine, in his mind, maybe he thought it was like a robber, or a burglar, or you know what I'm saying? Or Paul Hogan, of course. <laughs> I would immediately, if I was in Australia and my wife was gone, I'd immediately suspect Paul Hogan. I've heard that when Paul Hogan breaks into your house, he he's very nice because he makes a nice slit in your screen before he, he sneaks in. He doesn't want to just tear it to shreds. Well, he does have the knife, and he probably at the time was the biggest celebrity in Australia at the time. So. <laughs> 2001? Was that 2001? Oh, okay. I don't I think he might Maybe. have been. He was a Subaru actor. I remember that. That's why I thought this was more like 91. So. No, 2001. Uh, 2001? That he's the reason that everybody thinks Subarus are made in goddamn Australia. Oh, yeah. Well, they're just popular in Australia. Well, that too. But I thought for the longest time they were an Australian car. But then I learned it's just a Japanese car and he was the fucking voice for it or whatever. Well, they do have the Outback. That's true. And the Forester. And yeah. All the, yeah, I, and the Baja. Remember that one? The ugliest car ever made? Oh, yeah. Well, I think the Aztec was the ugliest car ever made. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you got me there. That fucker was... Jesus, that was fucking ugly. My brother rented one when he came to Iowa Ooh. one time. Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. But it's not automobile talk. It's alien talk right now. So. <laughs> all right. Now... Keith was looking around. He couldn't find Amy within the caravan itself. Uh, so he went over to Petra and got her to calm down, kind of kind of relax a little bit. And then he he's like, hey, you know, what what happened? What's going on? Where Where's Amy? Then Petra told Keith that his wife had been abducted by aliens. Now, Keith, obviously... Didn't really believe this. He just thought she was man manic and just there's no way his wife got abducted by aliens, right? So mm-hmm. Keith ran outside, searched all the property, but he couldn't seem to find any sign of her at all. So what is something that people, when we talk about on the show, 
Uh, what do they usually not do? What do they usually not do? Yes. Um, call the cops. Call the cops? <laughs> yes. Okay. Keith yeah. called the cops. Most of the time in these stories, people never are like, hey, let me call for backup. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's how I feel. I always am like, logical thing is call the police and swear these people never do. But Keith did. So Keith called the uh, Tiro police around 1140 p.m. So this is literally 10 minutes after the abduction, right? Yeah. Uh, he was reporting that his wife had been abducted and uh, was imploring the police to come out. Now, the Manning status at the time meant that there were some delays in the police coming out, but but about an hour and a half after the call was made, Senior Constable Robert Mar- Mar- Margina from Tiro and an officer from Mary Maryborough arrived on uh, on the scene. So I I'm taking that as they were so undermanned that they couldn't come out right away. Well, that's what they said. It is possible that they were just eating some Nutella and <laughs> wanted to let all, it settle first before they got in their outbacks. This, yeah, this is Australia, Phil. They're eating Vegemite. Vegemite. Damn it. That's what it's called. Okay. I would recommend. I would recommend anybody go out and buy a can of Vegemite and see if you can eat it because it is something <laughs> else, man. I know they love it there, but it is so salty. Tastes funny. I know it's just. It's an acquired taste for sure. Definitely. Yeah, no, I was racking my brain for that 20 seconds thinking what it was, and I just went with Nutella, but uh, yeah, Vegemite, that's what I was wanting to say. Nutella's much better. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, when the police initially arrived, they just figured uh, there was probably foul play involved. Perhaps Keith was attempting to cover up that he had murdered his wife or something like that. That makes sense, though, right? That's what I would immediately think. That's why it's... You like you were saying that you never hear this. That's like a thing. Like when your guys' show was someone's abducted, and it's like, well, we better call the police in about three days. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they don't call them ten minutes after the incident happened. Yeah, which makes me think there's not, you know, immediate foul play for that guy. But surprisingly, uh, the police, you know, were kind of looking around his house, just kind of checking it out, and. When they began to investigate a little deeper, uh, some of the bizarre things that they found would uh, change their mind that, you know, Keith hadn't done something uh, to his wife. Now, it appears that when Keith made the initial call to the police, he didn't mention the whole being abducted by a UFO thing over the phone. Okay, make that makes sense, right? It's smart. Yeah, yeah. it's a smart move. Because you probably get committed if you call the police talking about that. But uh, when the police got there, then Keith told them uh, basically what he believed happened. Uh, both Keith and Petra informed them that they believed that Amy had been abducted by a, quote, spaceship. Now, like I said, the police officers were a little taken back, so they decided we better call him back up. So they called up uh, Sergeant John uh, Bosenjack. I think that's his name, Bosenjack. Sorry if I pronounced it wrong, Mr. Bosenjack. Uh, anyway, he was the, the officer in charge of the Terror de- uh, Police Department. Now, John had been sleeping at home, but being that it was such a bizarre call, uh, he decided to get his ass up out of bed, take a shot of Vegemite, and drive down to the property. Now, with the three officers on the scene, 
They all remember noticing how upset both Keith and Petra were, uh, Petra were, and the particular cut that was made in the, uh, the screen window that I had mentioned. Like, your, your hypothesis is that it's just Paul Hogan. Um, apparently they'd never seen Paul Hogan breaking into a house before. Yeah, it might be a first. (laughs) But I would still suspect it. (laughs) Now, another thing is a flowering bush, commonly known as Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow, was located immediately outside uh, the left side window, which was the cut screen window. And it had indications of possibly being affected by heat or another mechanism alongside its right right side. Oddly, another flowering bush, a uh, hibiscus, located immediately on the right side of that flower uh, near the window had zero effects of like burning or heat or anything on it. You know what I mean? So it's almost like there's a projected heat or something coming almost directly through that window that affected the flowers there. Could have been uh, Paul Hogan's genitals, though, <laughs> you know. You never know. It's just... <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was like his Subaru Forester's uh, engine burning the flowers when he drove it up to the window. <laughs> yeah, it could have been that, the exhaust, him revving the engine. <laughs> Get in the car, baby. <laughs> I could just see him just plaster driving his Subaru up there thinking it was a drive through <laughs> Like, I don't know what a famous uh, Australian drive through company is, but... Probably I, shrimp. Yeah. Well, Long John Silvers. He thought it was a Long John, Long John Silvers there. He's probably like, hey, is this Outback? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Outback, Outback Steak. Yeah, Outback Steakhouse. I need some microwave steaks. Can you send them <laughs> my way, please? Could you give me a $35 microwaved fucking sirloin steak? <laughs> Thank you. Now, continuing on with the story here. While the police were actively doing their investigation... Um, they received a phone call, uh, which was taken by Keith and a, a woman was calling from, uh, McKay indicating that she had taken a somewhat distressed and apparently dehydrated young woman, woman, a young woman from a BP service station on the Northern outskirts of central Queensland, uh, Queensland city of McKay, about 491 miles north of where their location is currently. So, uh, now the young woman who had been discovered 491 miles away was Amy. So, how did she travel that far that fast? What says you, Phil? Well, I'm guessing that the aliens probably picked up the Vegemite sandwiches on Ah. the table, and they accidentally picked up the girl along with it. (laughs) And then when they realized it, they're like, fuck, should we take her back? No, just drop her down there. It's fine. She'll find humans are pretty resourceful. She'll find her way home. What if what if aliens the only thing they could eat on Earth was Vegemite? Yeah. Probably why they haven't shown up here that much. <laughs> but they're not making nearly as much Vegemite. Yeah. <laughs> well then everyone would have to start eating it if you wanted that tech. <laughs> the person uh from the hospital informed Keith that Amy was gonna be okay and was not harmed. Now, while still on the phone with the hospital, Keith handed the phone to the police officers and they verified that Amy was alive and somehow very far from their uh, their current location. So, again, Keith is doing the right thing 
in helping the story, right? Yeah. Now, everybody's probably wondering what exactly happened to Amy. Well, she gave the following statement to the police under the Justice Act, um, which I think is just, I don't know what, I forgot what they call it here, but it's basically, you're telling the truth to the best of your knowledge, and if you found out to be lying, you can be punished by the law. Okay, that's essentially all that is. Um, so Amy's story goes that she does not remember any of what Petra had told Keith or the officers um, about being abducted by the lights or anything like that. But she remembers being awoken in a large rectangular, a large rectangular room. Uh, she was laying there alone on like a bench with lights coming from the walls and the ceilings. Uh, Amy indicated she called out and heard what seemed to be a male's voice asking her to be calm and that everything would be all right and that she would not be harmed. Paul Hogan, of course. <laughs> it's all right, sweetheart. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Soon an opening appeared uh, from the wall and a guy about six foot tall walked into the room. The man appeared to be slender in build, but, in Amy's words, perfect uh, proportionally. And his head was covered, and he was covered head to toe in like a full body suit. Uh, he had what seemed to be a black covering mask on his face with uh, just holes cut out for the eyes, nose, and mouth. Uh, he repeated calming assurances. According to Amy, she felt like... She had been in this area quite a long time at this point. Uh, the alien told her they were returning her to a place not far, far from where uh, they had taken her because the lights were wrong at the property and it wasn't safe. Uh, she then indicates she found herself lying on a bed and falling asleep. So I feel like this part right here sounds almost identical to most alien abductions, right? Yeah, well, most alien abductions, everyone kind of remains asleep. Like, imagine if Petra would have just remained asleep. The aliens would have brought her back to the, like, caravan. There would have been no cops there. Because I imagine the lights were wrong. Probably means they saw all the cop cars. Ah, right, right. It's like, we can't drop her there now. There's fucking... The two people are awake and there's all these fucking cops here, you know, so they just said, oh, well, we'll we'll drop you not far, but not far for them. It's probably 15 seconds to go 400 miles, you know? Yeah. It's like, could you maybe drop me 20, 20 minutes away or, you know, 20 feet, 20 feet in the woods or something? Not half the fucking country away. Maybe they're like the Pittsburgh Steelers of the alien world. They just can't do anything right. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> probably would have fumbled her yeah. onto the ground. I mean, technically, they kind of did because they just dumped her on the ground, right? Well, did she say she woke up on the ground or in a – she said she found herself in a bed? Uh, I'm about to get to where she wakes up next, but no. Oh, okay. Essentially, she woke up on the bed. The alien guy came in, said, remain calm. Something about the lights weren't right, and they were going to drop her off close to uh, to where she was. And then he, like, kind of put her back to sleep, and then she was laying in a bed. 
Essentially. That'd have been a that'd have been a cool time to take a request. Like, <laughs> would you mind just dropping me off at Disneyland? Or <laughs> I've never seen New York before. That would be cool. Can you take me to Hell's Kitchen? I need to see Chef Ramsay, please. <laughs> well, it was two thousand one, so I don't know. He might have been still. He's still running he's, his own show. He's still the amateur. Yeah, he's he's just a novice chef at that point, learning <laughs> how to cut onions and shit. He barely time travels. All right, so the next thing Amy uh, recollects is that uh, she woke up on the ground with trees all around her. She felt disorientated, uh, but she could smell the ocean and indicated that she was not sure how long uh, she tumbled through the bushland, but seemingly to her at this time, it had seemed like a really, really long time, and she felt like she wasn't even making any progress trying to get out of the forest or whatever, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Amy then came out onto a road that looked like a highway and saw a light uh, for a gas station. She walked into the station where staff, uh, seeing her in distress, offered her some assistance. Amy accepted some water as she felt somewhat dehydrated. Uh, Initially, Amy was not able to answer identifying questions and didn't know where she was. Uh, Amy indicated she felt tired, sore, drained, and lethargic. Uh, She asked the woman at the service station to take her to the hospital as she didn't know where else to go at this point. So the woman and her friend who worked at the uh, gas station took Amy to the hospital. That's really nice, right? Yeah. Now, uh, at this point, when she's in the hospital is when they contact Keith. So basically, the two of these people have had very different nights up to this point, right? Definitely. So after the, uh, they got the call and everything, the police arrived at the hospital to get Amy's statement that she ba- that I basically just gave her. Um, she was offering to put her in a hotel room until Keith arrived, but uh, she declined. And Keith and Petra came to the hospital to see her that afternoon because she was okay. She was just wasn't really sure how the hell she woke up in a fucking forest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Damn. They made them drive 400 miles to go pick her up. You think yeah. they had just put her on a plane and, you know. Well, I, like, I mean, I'm assuming at this point the police are still suspecting foul play, right? Yeah. You'd almost have to, but. At, the story's too crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it definitely is. Now, this is the part that I think's really interesting, right? Now, some things that they noticed after finding Amy uh, she was adamant that she was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol, but it doesn't really say if she had actually been tested or not, so maybe you were right on that. But even a person on mushrooms, how the hell would they get 500 miles away? I, I don't know. You know what could I mean? Have been, could have been mushrooms laced with a little cocaine. <laughs> meth, maybe she probably. ran it. Meth, probably. Meth? <laughs> You'd have to be on meth to run that far. Yeah. Now... The other thing is she had an interesting triangle arrangement of marks on her inner right thigh that they found, which it seems like alien abductions. That's kind of a common thing as well. Um, Now, she had dyed her hair uh, earlier in the week, but when they found her, it's like her hair had grown. You know, when when you dye your hair and it starts growing, you get your roots of your natural color start getting exposed, right? 
Yep, your roots start popping out more. Yeah, when they found her, uh, that had already began to happen, and I thought this was pretty funny. They listed it as certain parts of her body that had been, quote, shaven. The hair had been uh, growing back way faster than it should have. I'm assuming that means pubes and armpits, probably. Well, legs and, yeah. Oh, probably. legs too, yes. I'm sorry. I always forget probably. as men, we don't shave our legs. <laughs> <laughs> probably normal places that women shave, yeah. Well, yeah. Look, you said 2001, so I'm guessing that the, the hair trimming was starting to get a little more popular that time too i think it's been popular for a long time phil well no i mean like in the 90s people started shaving their pubes off so yeah not real if this would have been the 70s they wouldn't have noticed anything you know <laughs> it's, it's all everything was fair game back then so. dude in the 70s if they saw her with a shaven areas they would assume that she would have been abducted are you a witch or something? Yeah. Where's your pubic hair? Have you never went through puberty before? This is some kind of lizard lady. <laughs> now, basically the whole point of the the hair roots and the uh, body hair is that it basically indicates that she had been gone for a really long time, which kind of makes you wonder if this was actually an alien abduction, but she physically was only missing from the world for about what an hour or two that but somehow it indicates like she had been gone for probably like a week or two how if the aliens abducted her and took her to god knows where where time operates differently you know what i'm saying yeah does that make you well, wonder I mean, about that there's a there's a couple different things i mean they could be those uh like the interdimensional uh aliens whatever you would want to call them where they might have taken her to a different like dimension where time moves differently also moving at the speed of light fucks with time a lot so if they were moving faster than the speed of light maybe time moved differently so for us it was like an hour or two but for her it was you a know a couple weeks yeah i've never seen the movie interstellar but i've heard there's a lot of that in that movie yeah, there's a movie, uh, what's that fucking, Contact, Contact movie, ah, yeah, where yeah, yeah. there's the spinning, like, it basically looks like a giant, like, gyro, there's a bunch of spinning shit around the little capsule, and then it just falls, but in that time it took for it to fall to the ground, like, 18 hours it passed, oh, maybe it's yeah. one of those, maybe it's one of those deals. Doesn't Jodie Foster, like, go to another dimension, and then there's, like... A guy on a space beach and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. South Park did it where they so the aliens in contact made it look like it was her father, but really it was an alien. And they just said, oh, we just don't want to freak you out. So here's someone you like. So mm. South Park did it where the boys basically kept going through like, you know, what it looked, what they might want to see. And, you know, he ended up being like a pizza that shits out ice cream <laughs> or a taco that shits out ice cream. But. I feel like if the aliens are going to appear to you, Phil, they'd show up as Andy Griffith. That would be pretty freaky. <laughs> that would. <laughs> I'd probably freak out more. Just like, oh, just let me see a fucking alien. I didn't like your show then, and I don't like it now. Get <laughs> out of here. You keep yeah. arresting that poor drunk man. Yeah. Well, he just needs a place to sleep. <laughs> All right. Now, after the, uh, the abduction events, uh, both Keith and Amy... 
decided to dig a little deeper into UFO research because apparently they just didn't really think twice about it uh, previously. Um, And they began to involve themselves with uh, UFO organizations. um, And they wanted to get an interview with Amy and Keith and all of that. Now, the interesting thing is that when they were trying to do it, Keith had a had an issue where he wanted to control everything, right? He yeah. wanted to uh, decide who gets to hear it, who gets to hear what, blah, 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 blah. You know, like almost like he's trying to capitalize on something himself, if that makes sense. Or he was staging the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's something you always have to wonder about. Uh, but I think this one's a little weird because it'd kind of be hard. I mean, not necessarily that hard, but getting three people that can keep up a lie for almost 20 years now, it's, uh, you think something would come out, right? So you said that she got her hair dyed. I don't know how deep they go into the story pre her getting abducted. You said that she got her hair done earlier that week. Yes. Was there any witnesses besides the other two that had seen her? Between her getting her hair dyed and her going, like, be disappeared that night? I don't know. Uh, most of these uh, alien stories are pretty surface level, so they okay. usually don't well, go that deep. But her, according to the three of them, she had dyed her hair just earlier in the week. So if she went and got her hair dyed somewhere, witnesses saw her getting her hair dyed, and then they immediately had her go 400 miles and then show up at the BP at the exact same time that they called the police, that would kind of, you know. They could. They could do that, but uh, your roots usually don't grow back within a week. It's usually oh, a, yeah, that's right. It's a few weeks. Um, so it's a few weeks. Yeah. It's yeah just, that still fucks up. Okay. See, th- those two things, if they are true, regardless of what, what Keith or any of them said, that those... That thing is really weird, and the fact that she was five hundred, almost five hundred miles away, uh, I don't know, it just seems like a really long way to set up a not very elaborate hoax. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm. A, well, I'm often skeptical about oh, most things, but I if have, there was a third, if there was a third party witness that saw her in town, like even like you know six to twenty four hours before this all happened, then I'd be like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. Because she was in town that day. Someone else not associated with the story saw her. So that's what I'm thinking. But Yeah. It's, I, I don't, this whole show, you and I are skeptical, right? So yeah. it's kind of the uh, purpose of the show. But I think all these stories are very intriguing nonetheless. Um, yeah, it's definitely a crazy story. I know I usually pick apart this shit like afterwards. It's just immediately in my head. I'm trying to think of what's going on. But yeah. Mm. Well, I I have a few more things here, a few final things. So uh, the UFO researchers asked Keith to basically search the uh, the property they were staying at. And uh, he was a little apprehensive at first, but then he finally allowed him to. Now, I don't maybe this says something about Keith's uh, personality, but he he asked the UFO researchers if while they're on his property to let his dog out. Okay. So I don't know if he's just too lazy to do it. But anyway, now why this is important is Keith warned them that the dog 
uh, like to jump on people. You know, dogs sometimes do that, right? Yeah. But the investigators took notice that the dog at uh, one time jumped at the window where the screen was. So that could lead to how it got cut. The dog jumped up, clawed the window, cut the screen, okay? That's a possibility. Um, The damaged flowers, according to a, quote, flower expert, uh, sometimes because of the intense Australian sun, it can cause heat stress on the plants. So it didn't necessarily mean that they were burned. It could have been like sun uh, heat stress or whatever, right? But it is weird. It only happened to those flowers right in front of the window and not the ones alongside of it, right? Definitely, yeah. Now, the the other thing is they watched the surveillance tape of Amy coming into the uh, the BP station and everything, and they couldn't really find a reason for it. So that all adds up. It's just her kind of walking in there looking disheveled or whatever. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Now, after... They investigated the property and everything. Uh, They tried to contact Keith again, and they couldn't get a hold of him. They kept calling. He wasn't at the hotel he was staying at. They just couldn't get a hold of him. Finally, they received a voicemail from Keith. Uh, He indicated that he was really sorry for not answering the call, but the three of them were being harassed by what he called, quote, men in black types that were following him, in his words... By a high-powered brown, uh, dark brown truck, and Keith tried to outrun him, and because he was so scared that he had immediately fled the town. Uh, and basically, after this, Keith, Amy, and uh, Petra decided to just keep silent about the entire situation. They never, no more interviews, no nothing. They're just, they're just done with it. They don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, of course, the uh, the weird-looking guys without eyebrows wearing fedoras hmm. follow them around in their fucking, uh, what, what did we used to say? Is like a fucking rambler from the 50s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where, I don't know what antique fucking auto dealer he got that from, but. <laughs> I just like, I, what kind of a high-powered dark brown uh, 4x4 could you have in 2001? Yeah, I don't know. Could have been an old... Uh, one of the one of the ones from like the eighties, I suppose. Uh in Australia it was probably a Geo Tracker. <laughs> a Geo Tracker? <laughs> yeah. It's just a Geo Tracker chasing him down the road. It had remember that powerful our, just the one wheel, but it was really powerful. <laughs> you remember our friend who uh, thought that those are the most badass things he's ever seen in his life? The one wheel wonder? Yeah. yeah I remember that uh, shit. He had to push it down a hill to start it. I've heard he, uh, I have, I've heard he still, uh, lives and works, uh, in our hometown. I think he, uh, I think he runs the, the bar. bar there. Yeah. The bar. Yeah. Do you follow him on Facebook or something? No, no? I've been told. Ah, okay. Anyway, Phil, so I want, I want you to give me your breakdown of this abduction case. What, what does your gut feeling tell you about, uh, the three of these people. I mean, it is an interesting case. Uh, there's not a lot of cases of alien abductees having a witness, like someone actually witnessing them being abducted. If if there is, they're usually like 
in a trance-like state, and they don't remember actually seeing the person until they get hypnotized, like, 20 years later. Yeah. To the, uh, being witness to the abduction. Um, usually they take care of the witness, too. Um, it is all, it's all very convenient. Um, if, if there was, like, witnesses in town that had seen her, like, the day of that she got abducted, then I'd be like, holy shit, that's crazy. Because they saw her with the, you know, dyed hair. And then all of a sudden that night she shows up 400 miles away with roots growing out, you know. Yeah. And her, you know, she's all disheveled and it looks like she's been on a two week adventure, even though it's only been a few hours. So it's all kind of convenient too. how it ends with men in black following them around. I mean, um. It's it's a really good story and it'd be like I'd love to see it in like movie form. <laughs> I I do know I've heard of this story before. Oh, okay. And it's really it's really good uh I mean if it if you could have 100% solid proof, that's like it. That's the smoking bullet of she was she was in this town at 6 o'clock that night and then 400 miles away a few hours later. You know what I mean? Like that's the perfect smoking bullet that or smoking gun you want to call it. Yeah. That aliens abducted this chick, dropped her off, you know, basically suspend, like, you know, manipulated time. They picked her up with a beam, manipulated time, dropped her off um, a few hours later, what was a few weeks for her, and men in black were chasing them around. If there was proof of all of it, it'd be fucking awesome. But you got to be skeptical, too. You can't just, you know, it's not flat earth shit. You got to actually... <laughs> <laughs> you got to look at the facts a little bit. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. And yeah. I think that's what makes you and I work so well together because we can play devil's advocate with each other a little bit. Here's the one thing I will say is, okay, let's say they set up a hoax, right? They're like, you're going to be 500 miles away or whatever. Now, yeah. it would be almost impossible for them to have her staged in the woods to come out at a certain time uh 10 minutes after the police got there right how would they have known prior that it was going to take the police an hour and a half to get to their property you well remember that she didn't show up in the at the bp 10 minutes after the uh the cops you know like the well it, remember it kind of would have been because she basically walked into the BP, they immediately took her to the hospital, and then the hospital immediately contacted Keith. That's where she got kind of stable. So it was, it, you could have probably fluctuated maybe like, I would estimate 20 minutes if you're taking someone to the emergency room. Yeah, I just, like in my head, I'm thinking they just knew that there would be like a time frame to call in. I mean, that's entirely possible, but. Yeah, that's it, true. It's just, it is, it's very weird. The craziest part of the story is probably the hair growth. Yeah. That, that's the really weird one because, I mean, I, I know a lot of chicks dye their own hair. So I'm not sure if she had it dyed or if she dyed her own hair. But if it was proven that she had definitely not had like exposed roots that day and had them that night, then... That's like the craziest part of the story. Yeah. Absolutely. Also. That and the body hair. Yeah, the body hair too. Well, I mean, she could have just went, you know, no shave for a couple <laughs> weeks for it. But 
Yeah, the uh, the distance thing is crazy, but it is possible that they could have staged that part. That's true. It's the hair growth that you can't stage if someone was witness to it the earlier thing, that day. The, the thing is, too, like, what what did they have to gain if they made it all up? I mean, they UFO abduction things, like, most of the time they get pretty minimal exposure, right? Yeah, that is true. I there's, mean, there's no books, there's no movies, there's no, there's nothing. They didn't get nothing. And now they're apparently just remaining hidden. Yeah. Maybe they thought that some fame would come out of it. That could be but, too. Yeah. That that absolutely could be. I, 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 it's just, I just found it a very, very yeah. weird case. And the thing that I think's unique is obviously on uh, Bumble, but a long time ago, I, co- I covered, uh, Betty and Dreesen, right? And yeah, and I covered her, and basically, uh, it's the same thing. They take you up, they abduct you, they do something to you up there, and then essentially return you. And I feel like I've heard that amongst all of the alien abduction cases. Like they're basically like doing tampering with you somehow, and then returning you to Earth or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like the what are, basis. What? That's the basis of all alien abduction, yeah. and the lost time thing is very common among all. Oh yeah. Like uh, if you you can imagine, they only on Earth time they only had her for like what like two hours or yeah. an hour and a half or something like that. But they got. She said she felt like she had been there for a long time. Yeah. So they got to basically do whatever tests or whatever you know whatever aliens do you know um (laughs) usually they're fishing around with sexual organs and you know all that crap it's the same thing basically it's pretty global but they got to do whatever they wanted to do for a couple weeks and then just drop her back in bed same night no one's the wiser as long as petra doesn't you know wake up from her you know sleep and catch them so the the interesting thing about petra too from from what she claims is she was almost like frozen in shock, right? When looking at the beam and whatever. Yeah. Like she saw it, passed out, woke up, and was almost like frozen in this like manic state. And then Keith had to like get her out of it once everything, the light was gone and everything. So that's kind of, maybe they, I've, I swear I've heard alien like stunning people or whatever. Or like putting messages in their mind, you know? Yeah. Um. That's... That's a pretty uh, – like when people are abducted and they're on the bed, they say in their mind they want to get up and start fighting. But there's almost like something like – you know, that's why it's – everyone thinks it's called just sleep paralysis because they're basically just frozen to the bed and they can't yeah. get up and they can't move. So, Well, from what I've heard, the New England Patriots player says uh, – say Bill Belichick does, does that to them. Oh, really? <laughs> he puts <laughs> subliminal thoughts in their head. They want to fight just- them, but they can't. Yeah, he just gives them that fucking cold stare, and they freeze. He's just like <laughs> Thanos. Move. He's just like Thanos. He puts on the the five rings, and he crushes, and just he gets them all. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Tom Tom Brady finally got away from his icy grip. <laughs> mm, let's go. You know Buccaneers. what I'm gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna move to Florida, and I'm gonna do it on my own. Hell all yeah. right, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, it'd be the greatest thing ever is if Tom Brady. Took the uh, Buccaneers to the Super Bowl or something. 
Then you would know he was like the greatest player ever. Oh, yeah. If he would have left the Patriots five years ago, whatever team he went to, if they would have gotten a decent line to guard for him, some wide receivers, a good running back and uh, some talent on defense. And then he would have taken that, you know, good, but, you know, better than average team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that would be that would tell you that he could do it anywhere. But he still needs players around him. I mean, the Bucks did get some players, but now we're I'm, talking about football. But uh, I'm going to say my last thing. Don't get out of here. So right. uh, the uh, the thing I was thinking, I was like, ooh, the Bucks are like a dumpster fire. But then I was thinking about it. Like they have like two or three really good receivers, a good running back, a good tight end. The line's not too bad. And the defense was in, I think, the top seven last year. So, uh, yeah, it's just Jameis Winston likes to throw the ball to the other team. Yeah, they've been quietly, while Jameis Winston has been giving that coveted early draft pick, <laughs> they've been building, they've been quietly building this awesome team around no good quarterback. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just insert Tom Brady. And it's like, all right, let's see what we can do now. You know, it'll be an interesting year as long as the uh, uh, coronavirus doesn't wipe out the NFL season. That is true. Cardinals are going to be fucking awesome this year, too. I'm excited. <laughs> I might actually admit that I'm a fan of the Cardinals. <laughs> anyway, Phil, uh, if if anybody wants to tell us if they believe the Keith Amy Petra story, where can they do that? They could hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcasts at gmail.com. Uh, we've gotten a few emails in the past month, so thank you for that, all of you guys. Uh, we also have Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. That's actually the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, thanks to all the you know listeners out there who have sent us both messages on our personal emails in the past few weeks. Mine's sdpodphil. Uh, I do check it now, and I do post things ever since I went on vacation in frozen fucking Iowa. Cody, you've also got some? Yeah, uh, I just want to shout out your uh, meme you posted, I think, today or yesterday. That was a good <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah, you can, fo- <laughs> you can follow uh, my Instagram at... Cody's a bub. Uh, hit me up. Talk to me if you'd like. You can follow my other podcast at Bumblebub Podcast uh, on Instagram or search for it on your favorite favorite uh, podcasting application. Uh, the last thing we need you to do is to log in iTunes and leave the show a five-star review. Uh, it doesn't really matter what you say. If you are a Spotify uh, user, just hit that follow button and then you get updated every time a new episode drops. Uh, otherwise, guys... I uh, will see you next. All right, thanks guys. <laughs>